0: All right. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Systems of Wealth Podcast. I am your host, Noah Cromflight. Today, I'm joined by another very special guest, the very first podcast of the 2023 year. Very exciting. It is Mr. Frank Lon. Frank, so thank you so, so much for joining me
1: today. Thank you, Noah, and happy new
0: year. Thank you, sir. You as well. Yeah. From the jump here, I just wanted to say thank you. It's been a real, real pleasure just to get to know you, to talk a little bit. I mean, Um, you know, it's cool. Like our connection came from really posting like the systems of wealth podcast. So like, this is one of my very first, like real, almost like, I don't want to call it like ROI, but like a cool, real, like something that I can like point at and be like, look at this cool relationship that came out of like me just posting and doing this. And so yeah, it's it's a real, real just joy for me to get to know you, to have a, you know, a good amount of time just for us to wrap and talk because we haven't had this type of opportunity yet. And you and I share such a like a similar passion and almost like belief and values and almost like ethos around finance and our sort of, you know, mission that drives us around wanting to help entrepreneurs around the financial world. So Definitely. again, thank you for, you know, this relationship and thank you so much for being on today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And we, we have to give uh, Kyler Marshall props for, uh, for making the connection. And, you know, he kind of, at first I thought he was kind of overselling a little bit. You know, <laughs> we were, And I thought, wow, well, this can't quite be like that. And uh, when we had an opportunity, Brian, uh, Brian Vieter and myself had a chance to meet you. I think, well, he may have actually been underselling a little <laughs> bit. So <laughs> it, it's worked out really good. And, and what's great is just the opportunity to, you know, go into a project with complete candor and complete, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And yeah, you know, some of the best relationships really happen when, you know, you hope for good things, but nothing ever works out according to plan. Mm. You know, it's kind of like the Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody has a plan to get punched Punch in the, in the face. face. certainly. And and so to, to start <laughs> a project and, you know, I'll give a little bit of context around this project. It's yeah, please. around um, helping business owners and entrepreneurs use something that is typically not a, uh, a proactive uh, tool in their toolkit right uh, talking about business value and valuation but it's usually something that happens that entrepreneurs have to react to and so we're kind of in this place where we're doing a little bit of testing it's it's a little bit new and some new technology some new methodologies and it's it's really a, a huge, um, opportunity to help business owners in something they don't know that they don't know yet, right? which creates an issue and some problems yes. on that. And so it, we were talking with Kyler and just asking, you know, Hey, we, we've got this idea and we have this kind of this thesis of, of the case. And, but at the same time, we don't know exactly what we don't know and we have to work through and there's going to be some testing. Yep. So he recommended, you know, us having a conversation with you and that's, what's been so you know, edifying and something we're so grateful for is your approach, which is not like just this, you know, quid pro quo of this for that. And, uh, you know, what I would call kind of a mercenary approach, which there's nothing wrong with that. There are definitely experts and gurus and, you know, you need to be able to to do some, you know, we're going to pay for this and we're going to get this. And at the same time, there's some kind of long game experiments with, you know, we don't know what exactly this is going to be, and we're not looking for this just, you know, quid pro quo of, you know, this much input for this much output. Right. And it's hard because especially, you know, we all have businesses, we all have expenses, we all have needs. And so you have to kind of balance that a little yep. bit of the, the. this is what I do for my, for, for a living. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a little bit of skunk works or the opportunity <laughs> to try Something in the so crazy it just might work, <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it's still pretty good. We're going to learn something from 100%. it 100%. Um, my mom had a uh, um, a little needlepoint plaque in her kitchen when I was growing up, it said, Even my failures are edible, and that's kind of <laughs> an approach with um, this business and thinking about how do we help business owners and entrepreneurs. So, I again, I just want to give you kudos and, uh, and thank you, and thank you for. Um, even though we're still early in this experience, yeah. but to, to come about it and full, you know, partnership and collaboration um, to really just see what we can do to help, uh, to help educate, to help right. create value for others that are just like us, the crazy ones that are coming seven figure businesses <laughs> on the way to eight figures yes, and just wanting to, to, to do the best we can, but we don't always know the, the things that we don't know.
0: hundred percent. No, that's, that's really good context. And and thank you so much for, you know, the kind words I greatly appreciate it. And I think it was something interesting. I mean, I, t- I said it on one of the first times that we, and all, you know, got to, kind of got to talk together, but like, for me right now, like where I find myself is like, you know, I've always, I've viewed this around business for a while that like I've pursued curiosity and just learning Mm -hmm. and businesses were like a playground for me to almost like hone the skills and I think this is something I want to talk to you about is like the phases almost like levels of entrepreneurship of how you kind of expand Mm -hmm. and where you start because I think I mean you said it right like at the beginning we're all very I know I wouldn't say all because I don't like the generalization but Mm -hmm. I know I was um quite transactional like it was Like I put something in and what is it in it for me? Like, what do I get sort of? And I mean, we all, you know, I think we all kind of start that place. Mm -hmm. And I think as I um, had, I wouldn't even say like got more success or matured. I just had more experience that like, I started to sort of, I think personally I transformed and professionally I went into like, how can I help clients transform their business and think in a very long-term time horizon and playing (laughs) games with long-term people. Like we always talked about And I always felt like, I almost like, um, what's the word, like attracted you guys like into right. my life, like, you know, like I manifested this relationship of like, because you guys, you came to me with like, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which just is acquisition and business valuation and, mm-hmm. and playing at that level, because I just don't quite have that experience yet around people that love and want to speak the language of like finance and money and how it plays Mm -hmm. a role in just financial education for entrepreneurs and you and I and the, and Brian and, and, you know, like the rest of the team speak a similar language around just people that like, you know, other content that we consume people that we're fans of. And like, you know, look at Mm -hmm. the different knowledge that we've all kind of, you know um, you know, collected at this point and how can we find a similar path for us to just implement and test and tweak. And, and ultimately, coming from a place of like, yeah, let's provide real, real good value for, yes. you know, people, especially like I really, um, I so was like aligned and and loved your own personal backstory of just how you, you know, where you, <laughs> like your, you know, where your journey came from, like wanting yeah. to do this. And that's another big part of what I want to talk to you today. So we'll get into all that. Um, yes. I, I knew this was going to be a really good episode. I'm already in, like I said, before we started recording, I'm anticipating you being a repeat guest because <laughs> there's just so much that I want to talk to you about, but um, obviously, like I said, you have um listened to a handful of these podcasts. One again, greatly appreciate yeah. that. I, I still like it's so weird for me that like people listen to this stuff. Like I just for me, I was like, I I just want to talk to people that are so cool doing cool things, like mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put it out there. And if people find value, great. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 still like it's new for me to even think about that. But um, you know where I like to start with this is sort of yeah. the first question of like. When people ask you like what do you do sort of like how do you how do you frame that like what what do you say is like kind of your title how do you frame that
1: Well it's so funny you ask that because like if you if you ask my wife like what does Frank do <laughs> right. she would say you know she, he kind of does this and maybe it's around accounting or some other things and yep. and she doesn't really know and uh clarity is not always my my skill set I'm I'm like a big big idea guy. And so sometimes that's my biggest challenge. That's my kryptonite is how do I take the simple things and, or the complex and make it Mm, simple. Now I can do that for other people. I just have a hard time doing Mm. it for myself. So I think for me right now, looking at Kahuna Business Group as it currently is, it's about empowering exponential entrepreneurship. And the thing that really excites me the most is for the business owner, the business builder that sees themselves as an entrepreneur that's building something that's different than themselves, that they're not a proprietor, Mm -hmm. self-proprietor, sole proprietor, excuse me. They're not just building, you know, owning their own job, but they're looking to build and create something. Yes. uh, Maybe for a short time uh, horizon or, or for a longer. And the other thing is, is they're not the center. So if you liken it to a, uh, a Broadway production, you know, I'm not the star of this, this, production. Right. Um, now every now and then maybe I'll get a cameo like, like right now (laughs) I'll get to be in it, but it's not about me. It doesn't, it's not revolving around me. It's not about my expertise. Um, but to be able to help understand in that journey of entrepreneurship. So looking at, um, somebody who's the star of the play and everybody else that they hire their, their staff, their team is the supporting cast. Nothing wrong with that. I, I totally, uh, totally appreciate that and, and get it, especially in this economy. Yep, but yep. there's a small select group of crazy entrepreneurs are out driving their headlights. They're mm. they're just, they, they have this either, like in, in our case, Kahuna accounting and value all stem from mistakes that I made and big, huge issues that I wish I would have learned. But I did learn, I learned the hard way. So now yep. hopefully others don't have to. Right. And looking at how do we create a business to help other people. And that's one of the things that really just what I knew this was the right relationship <laughs> to, to go forward was you were interviewing your mentor, uh, Scott Chang. Yep. And you're talking about uh, Zig Ziglar, whom I love, Zig Ziglar. And that's really, uh, I, I got a chance to hear him back in the 90s in person. Oh, wow. Nice. And he had a, a, a saying that you can get, how you can have anything in life you want. If you just help enough other people get what they want. Yes. And that kind of became for us, our, our tagline of we achieve our victories through the victories of those we serve. Mm. And that really, when I heard you and Scott talking about that, I was like, all right, bingo. Yes, let's <laughs> do this. And then not only that, not only getting to meet you, but now I've also had the opportunity to talk with Scott Yeah. and that level of relationship. And of course we're all in, you know, planet Perry and the universe that, that Perry Marshall has created, yep. which is so fantastic. And, and his, um, his beliefs and his, uh, practices that of course we all now understand and, and utilize. So it becomes really nice concentric circles of, um, just different things that we all believe that are so important to help other entrepreneurs and other business owners.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I've always said this and I feel so grateful that like Scott is a big part of my foundation and that that's who I started with. Cause he, yeah. he passed on a lot of that stuff to me and I, and you know, uh, hats off to Perry Marshall as well. Like for me to be oh, able yeah. to start as a young, you know, 20 year old, learning the foundations from yeah from barry and like not have to get a decade into my career and then be like oh my goodness like a lot of the stuff that i've you know believed and you know to be true i don't have to go back and unlearn i can start that from Mm -hmm. a very just like seeing business in like a very real frame in a real sense i think that's so valuable but on the frame of like or on the thread of mentors and kind of going back to like how you got started in entrepreneurship like where did where did that come? Did you have an entrepreneur or a mentor that kind of got you started? Like, where did your
1: entrepreneur journey sort of start? Well, mine was kind of like, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been decent at at selling. And a lot of it's just having ideas. And to be a good entrepreneur, I think we have to be just a little bit delusional, uh, <laughs> self-delusional. Uh, not to the point where we need to be institutionalized, yep. but to the point where we don't always accept reality in the same yes. way, because otherwise we just wouldn't start. Right. I mean, the reality
0: that's all, like presented to us.
1: Exactly. Yes. So to be able to have an idea and kind of work through that. And I, I knew early on that I wanted to to be a business owner, to, to have my own business. And mm-hmm. um, this actually started the business that we're in currently started back in 1995. I was still okay. working um, in the convenience store industry and there was an opportunity to my big project that I was working with was off-premise ATMs. Okay. And so I started the business now it started as uh Community Merchant Services Inc to be able to help business owners with credit cards because back okay. in 1995 or so a lot of businesses still didn't take credit cards. Right. So Goodness. we started that but I knew the ATM thing was was starting to boil into a bigger opportunity. So for a couple of years I kept my day job mm-hmm. and this was a side hustle for me and then in 1997 I was it was right to the point where I knew I had to make a choice and so I I quit my um at the time really good job company car all the other things and I yeah. went full time into this business with wow. a couple of uh, business partners at the time okay and I was kidding with our lawyer and said you know if this ATM thing works out it could be the big kahuna <laughs> so the name kahuna he crossed off Nuco and wrote Kahuna. I love it. Just <laughs> stuck as a uh, as a brand, you know. So we had this uh, the the brand oh, that's rad. that came um, thinking about like the the wave crashing and yep, and yep. it really just became about um, at the time it was your world, your wave. So mm. personal responsibility and opportunity. And it just worked because in the ATM industry, everything was kind of a three-letter acronym, something, something uh, MS, like Merchant Services, right. IMS, UMS, BMS. Yeah, of course. And so for Kahuna, it just stood out. And then going to different trade shows across the country and getting to meet people, it's was like, hey, it's the Kahuna guys. And the brand s- stood out. And we were able to build that and, and in a creative way to build the business around a um an opportunity for just joint ventures. And so we were Mm -hmm. able to partner with the different manufacturers and the different um, vendors in the equipment space and the processing space, the vault cash, and then be able to take those deals and opportunities and work with a very fragmented group of distributors and, um, and sales organizations, independent sales organizations and be able to create a value add for both of those groups wow. and just kind of be in the middle. Yeah. And we built that to, um, about a, you know, 23, $24 million revenue business. So goodness
0: gracious, um, Frank, <laughs> my
1: gosh. It, it was, <laughs> it was a rising tide lifts all surfboards. It was a great time. <laughs> um, but the things I, I made two wow. really key errors, yeah. um, or, yeah, you know, unforced errors. I mean, I think a lot of things went really well, but there were two things that I, I if I was going to go back and coach my younger self, yep. it was, it would be one accounting, which is not my forte. Accounting was not my, my love bookkeeping right. accounting, yep. but accounting has a ton of power in it. If you can use it for forward-looking dynamic guidance, but you just have to understand a little bit of the principles and understand what you're trying to achieve so that you can align and calibrate And coordinate what you're trying to achieve in your vision and your mission and your goals and ambition. Yes. Everything in your business flows through your accounting. Hundred percent. So even if you don't love accounting, the debits and credits and all of those things. Right. Being able to just look at it as a system Mm -hmm. that can help you to find efficiency from where you are to where you want to go. Yes. And I learned that the hard way. (laughs) And then the other thing I learned the hard way was about business value. So we built this Mm. business. And I had no idea, no intentions of selling it. I was just wanting to grow it. I mean, I I had visions of being a hundred million dollar business. Right. And we got to a place where one of the biggest clients that we had, and we had helped them to grow and really collaborated with them. And they decided that they wanted to, uh, to sell the business, sell their business. Mm -hmm. And so they found a venture capital group and private equity, and they were working through this and they said, guess what? We're going to buy Kahuna too. I said, oh, no, no, we're not doing that. And basically it was, oh, yeah, you are. It was a deal <laughs> we couldn't refuse. Mm. And it really had to do with we had built so much business through this other company. They were a large part of our, of our business. Right. And most of our business model at the time was really about volume. So if they left, our volume would have reduced and it would have created kind of a catastrophic series of events. Right. So they were right. We ended up having to sell. And it was a nice. I mean, it was a good seven-figure exit, of course. But it should have been an eight-figure exit. Um, And there were a lot of things that I learned the hard way because by the time we knew that we were going to have to sell, then we ended up getting a valuation. It was it cost us you know almost twelve to fifteen thousand dollars to get that. Goodness. But what was worse was once we had it, there was no time to do anything. Right. It was like locked in amber. Right. And so wow. The thing that I learned and of course this was back in 2010 2011. Okay. A lot of things have changed in the last several years with technology. Right. And so as we after we sold that business, we decided to really retool our business to provide uh, accounting and other business services, not so much again about the mechanics of being and doing accounting. Right. But to help organize and execute accounting. To be dynamic guidance to where the, the business owner, the entrepreneur wants to go. Yes. And then a big part of that really was about value and looking at, <clears throat> just as an example, like in real estate, you know, before Zillow came out, um, if you had a, a property, you had to have an appraiser come in and, and pay for a full on appraisal. Right. Right now, if you're an investor and you're looking to buy real estate, you could go to a specific place and look at a zip code and you could look at all of the information that's out there on public mm. records. And you could get a pretty good idea of what any specific property costs right? based on, again, the market data and things like that. Well, there's a lot of the same things that were, are available now related to, a, uh, to business value. And so again, most business valuations in the past were very expensive. It was very bureaucratic. And it was very much reactive, you know, mm-hmm. something happens, I need to buy your business, you're getting a divorce, you're getting married, you're, you're bringing a partner in. you're taking a partner out you're recapitalizing. And all of those things, you know, could be the impetus for getting a valuation, right? But it's very rarely done to say, you know, how do we take this business? And the the really key, like secret thing about value is in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the like in the Lord of the Rings, the one ring to rule them all, mm. because to, to really take the value of a business and to maximize it to the to the utmost,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to do all of the things that you would normally need to do to improve the business in a way yes. that's going to give you the maximum value for that. Right. So in a way, it's kind of like a, if you understood, you know, what is the value today? What's the value potential? And what do I need to do to maximize that value? Well, to maximize the value, you're going to do everything else that's going to maximize the intrinsic value for you as the as the current owner. Yes, that's the other thing is to. Oh, look that's at beautiful. Whether you're looking at somebody else to buy it, you're buying your own business. Hmm. You know, every day you don't sell it. Wow, you, know, you, you own it. You're buying. Oh, it. I love that. And so, how do you maximize? <laughs> it? You're going to own it. So, you know, it's funny because like we're in a, we have a commercial real estate building that we're in. We own the building, we lease it. And every now and then you kind of think about, oh my gosh, buildings, you know, any type of buildings have headaches and they're, you know, this happens or that happens. Right. Maybe we should just sell it and then we wouldn't have to deal with it. But you know, the funny thing is, is if you're going to sell it, you still have to fix all those things anyway. Certainly. So why not (laughs) fix it? And do what you need to do to maximize your enjoyment and use out of it. Yes, it's the same thing with a business: is to be able to look at a business and say, "Okay, right now, good, bad, ugly." I mean, and there's different ways to look at value. I mean, there's there's enterprise value, which is kind of like all of the things working. And the other thing is, is value is very, very subjective. It Hmm. really is what somebody values. So if you have a, a business and your, it owns property and the business isn't worth anything, but your property is sitting on mineral rights or something, well, then there's value there, but you don't always know what those are. So the thing that we're trying to do right now is help business owners think a little bit more strategically about the strategic value of the business today and in the future. And then what do you need to do to maximize that so that you can really optimize your business and, and it's the most profitable, the most efficient, um, and as long as you own it, then it gives you the most leverage, the most freedom to do the things that you want to do. Right. So you're not in the situation that I was in back in 2000, 2011, mm. 10 or 11, where I was forced to sell and I had no leverage points at all. It was just, right. this is what, what it is.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wow, that's that was fantastic. Seriously, Frank. And there was so much that you touched on just now that I want to go back. Like the I mean, that was a big part of like my own personal motivation around systems of wealth was Mm -hmm. like how from a professional standpoint, but also personally, like how money plays a role in how we almost just like perceive life and the decisions we make. Like I've always felt like money affects the jobs we take, where we live, Mm -hmm. the people like we marry. Like, I mean, that's a really big financial decision. Like, where we travel, how we travel, the food we eat, the gyms we go to, the people that we interact, with, like all of that stuff. And then that's just like personally, but then how it affects us as a professionals too. Like cause entrepreneurship, like we get into this because I mean, you said it, right? Like you notice an issue or you're dealing with your own personal issue or problem, oh, or yeah. you see it in the marketplace. And then you're like, all right, I'm gonna solve this. Oh, great. I did that. Let's see if I can just continue to do that for more and more people. And like you don't really think about. The money sort of side of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, like we all, you know, I think people get into this of like, yeah, I want to be, I want to have my own business, but I think true like longevity and entrepreneurship comes from like doing something like that, that you're like, okay, I really, I do want to solve this problem. And sometimes people will go like, well, the money and the accounting and kind of that stuff, like, it's just not my, it's not my skill. And then right. they just kind of accept that. And like, you know, accounting and that finance is just like the language of business. I mean, it's so, it is so important to like, it's been so important to me. And I As I got deeper into it and I really had to work on my relationship with it and I saw just other people struggle with it, I was like, oh, this is my my little piece of the pie that I can carve out and be like, all right, this is where I can help. Like, I truly know, like, this is where I can spend a lot of time helping. And then, so that, again, I loved you touching on that. But then the other piece of it of like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, that like the... It's um, like going back to sort of like the valuation or like, you know, learning like the levers to pull of like how to either increase like, you know, the actual um, like outside value of someone looking at acquiring your business, but just your own sort of feeling towards the business too, like costing you more to not like it's, it's costing me more money to not scale to X amount of dollars than it would cost me to acquire the information I need to know in order to get to that. Like it's costing right. you more money to not know the value of your business than it is of like what it would cost to then invest in somebody that can show you what this is because like equity and, and value and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it may not seem like a whole lot. It's not, it may not seem very important until it really is important. And then when it yes. is important, oh boy. Like yeah like become... it's,
1: Unfortunately, it's, sometimes it's too late. Too
0: late you 100%. Know? So yeah, I really, again, I love you touching on that. Cause I think that, again, I think it's something that, you know, since you and I have gotten to interact and talk a little bit more, mm-hmm. you've helped almost, and I heard this from somebody recently, I think it might've been Hormozy, you talked about like the singe moments where like something that you hear over and over and again, and then all of a sudden it just becomes like, you you finally let it like really marinate and you're like, oh my gosh, this clicked and it totally makes sense. Is like looking at businesses as vehicles basically to like build wealth, essentially like an asset that you're, that you're using to build wealth over, you know, for yourself. And like, Mm -hmm. again, I think the idea behind that is the going through the process of solving certain levers or issues in your business and making it more valuable to somebody that might acquire it makes mm-hmm. like your it's it's like playing the game better like the book built to sell which i mean i know like where oh, yeah. everyone's so such a big fan of is like the process that he went through of like re kind of tooling his graphic design business made it more efficient and put it in a position to yeah get acquired mm-hmm. but he also just had a better time <laughs> running the business yeah and just enjoyed it more and i was like oh that's that's so like the the marrying of the two of like i am Building this asset that you know somebody would want to acquire and possibly sell someday, or, or well, yeah, that I would want to sell, but also then just playing the game of business mm-hmm. better at a higher level, at you know more velocity, at a better clip, bringing in you know hiring team members and all that stuff, and just playing at a higher level. I loved just that that you know the oh, connection yeah. between the two. I think that's such a such a powerful you know concept for someone to just to really understand.
1: Oh, and you you are so right on the money. Um, because the one thing that a lot of times business owners, entrepreneurs, even just high, high income people forget is affluence does not equal wealth. Hmm. Um, in a lot of cases, uh, affluence can be a huge detractor of wealth. Yeah. And so when you look yeah. at your business as an asset that, that creates uh, both current income, if you're the, the business owner and you're working in the business, and also future wealth, there's some duality there. Right. I think one of the things that we find most, I guess, prevalent along the way, and it's exactly what happened to me is not being intentional. So hmm. there are a lot of questions in a discovery process to understand and understand about yourself and your business and whether you have partners. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer. And it's, it's not a, you know this is good, this is bad. But if you don't know then you're just drifting and instead of drifting we want to be able to help people design and be intentional yeah. so even just understanding like what is my time horizon right do i have a desire to exit or do i just have a desire to maximize it so that whenever i do i have options or potential um, because if this is my wealth mm-hmm. vehicle then it is a you know part of in the systems of wealth to be able to leverage and understand either i'm going to cash this in where I'm going to leverage it into something else, and you know, yep. like if you're playing Monopoly, I'm going to take my three or four houses and turn them into a hotel, right? Create <laughs> more cash flow. Yes. So again, whether those things are, you know, what's most important to you as a business owner and entrepreneur, that's not for us to say. Right. But what What's for us to say is, look, you need to consider these things. Right. And that's really, you know, like we love we talk about like Perry Marshall. Perry's a, a guru. Totally. Get that. I mean, he's got just strong ability, and I, I used to hate that word guru. But mm. there are people out there that are gurus that I feel like so strong, and they are great. John yes. Warlow, Roland Fraser, Perry yes. Marshall. There's right. There are yeah. some great gurus out there. Um, my mentor, you asked before, uh, his name is Dave Freeze. Okay, and he's a guru. Yeah, um, and he, you know he's in Perry's world and knows Kyler mm-hmm. and everything else like oh, that. awesome! I love but, it. But. For us, our goal is to not be a guru to tell mm-hmm. people about accounting or, or to tell them what to do, but it's to help them ask better questions. Yes. Help them to understand when we talk about aligning and calibrating and coordinating to your vision, mission, goals, and ambition, that's really what's important is to understand mm-hmm. what, what that is in both sides. Yes. So knowing what's important to measure. Is it about growth? Cause some people, like if you ask a, a a uh, stadium full of entrepreneurs. You know, do you, who's, who here is excited about growth? And they're, like, oh, yes. Who here is excited about profit? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you kind of have to choose because you can't go after growth and profit at the same time. Mm. Because if you focus on growth, your profit wow. and your cash flow are also going to be impacted. Of course. If you're focusing on uh, profitability, then your growth is going to be restricted. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you can't have a bias like, Hey, we're 70, 30 uh, growth versus profitability or like, you think about like an Amazon back in the day, they were losing money. They had revenue out the wazoo and growth, but their profits were nowhere to be found. Right. But that was part of their strategy till they made that switch. And then with Amazon prime and some other things, then they turned into this, you know, uh, BMF of profitability. So, What's most mm. important though is to understand what is important to you. Right. So that you can have an intentional plan. Because again, what, what happens for most business owners and entrepreneurs is I'm just going to do the best I can. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to serve clients. I'm going to go out and create these programs. I'm going to do this and do the best we can. And it kind of just becomes average. Right. And what we want to be able to do is say, look, you kind of have to choose what do you what do you want to focus on? That doesn't mean you you're stuck with it. You can change. You can yes. be I'm all about growth till we get to this level. Once we get to a million dollars in revenue, now we'll start to focus on tooling in profitability so we can get to this place where we want to be at a million dollars plus with a 20% uh, margin. Right. And whatever that is, then you can align and calibrate that right. through your accounting to see how are we doing? What do we need to do? Much like a GPS is, hey, here's where we are and we have 6 hours to go and if we're going to continue on at this pace. Right. Uh, We should be there in in this um, this time or fashion. So yeah, it's it's, great. It's not any more complicated. A lot of times, I think with business owners, entrepreneurs, we get caught up in the 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 crazy, you know, the things of like accounting and finance. We don't know it becomes kind of like voodoo magic, and (laughs) because we don't know debits and credits and other things. Right. But it's really in, in its simplest form. It's just how do you know where you are how do you have ideas of where you want to go right. and how do you know if you're on track or off track with it
0: yes 100% and
1: that's the the thing that we can do with accounting to make it simple simpler mm. and again it's not about what system you're using it's not about anything specific other than where are you now what do you want to measure what are the things that are important to you mm. those become the uh, your kind of your guidestones right having a North star to know what you're trying to achieve yes and then just knowing whether you're off track on track and it's the same thing with value I look at valuation really as about potential to me value mm. equals potential value equals um, future value equals future um, what, what it's worth to me, but it's also what it's worth to somebody else. Right. And looking at it from an outsider's perspective and say, what are the things that would make this more valuable to somebody else? Right. Is it the customer list? Is it the the quality of your your staff, your team? Is it your your geography? Is it your niche? I mean, there, mm. there's all kinds of things. And again, for us, it's not about saying you need to do this, you must do this. Right. It's about helping people to see what's important. And then once you have that understanding of what's important through that discovery process, then just about measuring and seeing, you know, are we on track? Are we making the strides that we need to? Right. And if, if there's a specific, like, I plan to sell this business and I want to sell, you know, and make this much money so I can turn that into an annuity to pay this much for the rest of my mm. life and wealth, well, then it's great. Now great. You can, Now you can do some backwards planning with that. Right. Um, so a lot of what I see us doing in, in, in our collaboration with you is it's really about ATRFQ. Ask the right effing
0: questions. <laughs> yes. And F,
1: I mean, it's about <laughs> focused, you know, Ask the right focused questions. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. That, um so that you can be intentional about those things. And yes. that's the one part that I feel like a lot of times, like I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I just I was all about at the time growing revenue, new relationships, right. new. Opportunities. I'm opportunities everywhere. FOMO, like my middle names. Oh oh my gosh. Yes, right. But if I would have been a little bit more intentional about the Mm. questions that I asked myself and then my executive team, if we would have looked at it, we probably would have made a lot of decisions differently. We would have still focused on growth. And and even though it was low, low, low margin, once we got to a certain place, we would have started to look at and say, okay, now how do we start to find Better relationships that actually have some profitability and using this to a certain point to to grow, not only just growth for growth's sake, but now growth for quality and for profitability. Yeah. A lot of, unfortunately, as entrepreneurs, this is the one weird thing about us that's so different that most people just never understand. But most people, most businesses, and most executives, they strive to get to that level of competence where i got this now. I'm here. I got this. But as business owners, as entrepreneurs, not business owners, as entrepreneurs, we strive to get to that level of, of competence and understanding. And then we purposefully move ourselves <laughs> yeah. right out right. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, and I'm gonna work 100%. with no, I'm gonna work with the or, right. the freeze or somebody yeah. to figure that out. And that's what's unique about us, is yeah. we're not afraid to put ourselves into because you know, a lot of times for most um, traditional business owners, it's ready, 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 aim, aim, ready, 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 and eventually fire. For some of <laughs> us, it's like fire. Okay, now you can aim a little bit and get ready. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and that's probably not good. I mean, I wouldn't like kids don't try this at home because <laughs> I've made so many mistakes that were unforced errors that are kind of like, <sighs> um. But at the same time to be able to uh, know that look, I don't know what's around this next bend. I mean, yep. I, I feel really comfortable that I built this business to this level. Yep. I want to go to this level and I've never been there before. Right. And that's where having you know your Perry Marshalls or your, your mentors, you know, having you having Scott and, and people who have been there before, yep, they're not going to do it for you, but they're going to be able to say, Hey, Noah, before you do that, right, you might want to think about these things because yes. it's not all. It's not this panacea of once you get to this place everything's going to be great. Right. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. Yeah,
0: we have the illusion. Yeah, that when we get to that level, finally right. all my problems are going to go. Oh away. yeah,
1: when I get to seven figures, everything's yep. going to be wonderful. It's like, yep. oh my gosh. No. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Because you're you're too big to be small. Yeah. Too small to be big. Yeah. It's that weird like purgatory of entrepreneurship. Of yeah. How do I escape this and right. get enough velocity? to get to that next level. Yeah. And okay. Really, really hard.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about like that, the, the different stages to go through. There's a, there's a few things that you touched on. The that, that first off I want to talk about is like one, the sentiment of asking yourself better questions or sort of like take the, the, that, the, that is not an easy exercise to go through. Those questions are, are not like quick answers and it's usually no. like people will spend an hour kind of thinking about it. But I think that's so applicable to every area of life, just like being Mm -hmm. intentional and fulfillment and finding alignment. And like, cause I I know for me, when I was first getting started, like the world of digital marketing or internet marketing is very noisy. It can be very noisy. And so I, again, feel very grateful that I found Perry and was able to, he cut through the noise for me because he was talking about things that were deeper than just like Mm -hmm. how to scale your business and make more money. That for me was so important. And I didn't know that like, That's what I was looking for until I found Perry, and and it's not like these are the answers. It's sort of like these are the right questions to ask yourself to get you closer to what the answer is for you, and specifically for you. Like it only needs to make sense to you, and it doesn't need to make sense to anybody else, and that's totally okay. And having confidence and going after those targets for you is again one of the hardest things. Like as an entrepreneur, is like I you see all these other people either posting wins or doing these things, and they're doing Mm -hmm. cool things, and you're like, why don't why, how come I'm not experiencing that? But it's not that you're not experiencing, it's just your, like the way that you're framing it and your perspective on it, it may be off. And so for me, like being able to, like, I I told you this story and I hopefully I'll be able to talk to Jeff Brown at some point, but he was a, an investment guy that Scott introduced me to. And we got on a call and we were talking and I was talking too fast. Like I usually do because I was super excited. Yeah. And he said, Noah, like you need to relax. You don't even know the right questions to ask yet. And it like, it's always stuck with me. It humbled me very quickly, but it, it put me in a position to be like, yeah, he's right. Like, I don't even know what it is that like I'm going after yet. And you get so frustrated. Right but then like, how are you measuring it? You don't even like, what's your target? And then, okay, that's the target. Like, can we put some constraints and some systems around that to make sure that like, you're not just flailing all over the place. Like all that (laughs) stuff. Again, I think it's just as you elevate through this process and you get a little better and you make your own mistakes, but also have people that have gone down that path a little farther than you that can present some of that stuff to you. So yeah, I want to go through like some of these levels and I have Perry's newsletter that he published in November last year, because he kind of Laid out the five phases, and I really like this, and so I want to go through this a little bit with you and kind of sure. get some takes and, and see what you think. So, his first level is the freelancer. This is zero to a hundred thousand. So for me, that was like, um, thankfully, yeah, like that. That like I've graduated that level, and that was basically just like stacking skills and having a place to like basically get compensated for your skills. Everybody right. like poo getting paid for your time, but like, I don't know how else to start. Like when you're getting started, yeah. I think a service business is the best place to go with it and having a skill and being able to like, then like, if we look at what money is, right. It's, it's just a tool to signify an exchange of value. So if you become more valuable, you increase your value. You can exchange the value that you have for usually like, you're not really starting with like an info product business. You don't have any experience. Like you don't know what you're doing yet. So for me, it was like finding other people that like had businesses and being able to basically like, what mm-hmm. problems do they have? How can I solve those problems for them? Is that right? What, what was your similar like
1: experience for kind of that first level, of the freelancer? Well, I, I kind of skip that because yeah. I've, I, have well, my, my situation has been a little bit different where I kind of um, relish in the fact that like, I literally am the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> And when we started our ATM business, everybody learned, you know, how to be a technician and was really good about being a technician. Yeah, right. And I, I did everything I could to avoid that because I didn't want to be locked into that. I wanted to be able to be a little bit outside. Yep. So when we started our business. Um, my, my focus was to be the visionary. Mm. Um, and this was a little bit before, again, this was back kind of in the nineties. So a lot of things have come about now with EOS and vision and other things. And visionary is one of those weird words where it kind of sounds arrogant. And I don't mean it that way at all, Mm. because for all my, my good visionary, I'm really good at seeing, um, extrapolating out and seeing things that most people can't see. Right. But I also have the failings that people that are really good at doing the incremental pieces, like I'm a really good starter and not a great finisher. So I've had to learn a lot of skills there. So I kind of skipped the freelance part because I was never... Trading my services in that way. Interesting. Um, I guess that's probably when I kept my my job. Yeah. I was doing different things, but I was still essentially that. Yeah. How to iterate this business? Oh, that
0: that totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I like that. The next step that he has, or the next phase, is the bootstrapper. This is 100k to 250k, and that's kind of where I find myself right now. Is mm-hmm. sort of like I have this, you know, a portfolio of clients. I have a good service. I've stacked some skills now. I kind of know mm-hmm. what I'm doing, and like this where like you kind of hit that, where I hit my ceiling was like, okay, I can only scale my time so much. I can only trade right. me so much. So I kind of find myself in this sort of productizing a service around, you know, I like this, like I think being a sort of, you know, solo consultant kind of in this, in this arena or in this level is nice because you have some monetization methods of like either, you know, you can have like a flat retainer fee. You can do kind of a one-off project fee. Like if I do a landing page right. or a funnel, I can charge a one-off. But I also kind of got into the like, revenue share equity kind of piece of like, okay, now that as, you know, as a business grows, there's incentive for me to look deeper into, you know, solving their, you know, real problems and really focusing my time on the revenue generating activities. So like, that's kind of where I find myself right now. And then I know the next level that he has beyond this is the entrepreneurs. That's 250K to Mm -hmm. a million. And really the advice that he talks about in this is sort of like, okay, at this point you have some USP, you have some product market fit, but really becomes like systematizing and putting a team together. And I know that's something that I'm, that is a skill that I have. I know that that's a big part of my next step. And I feel like I'm aware of it. So like, I know why I'm not breaking, you know, through like the revenue marks, because like, I know what it is that's holding me back. So it's fun. I can point at it and be like, oh, it's team building and it's finding good personnel and sort of, you know, building like operations around me and rather than just being like, oh, I'm going to be the one to do it all. So I know that like, that's there for me but what was your experience with like hiring and building out a team and sort of like letting go
1: of control almost in a sense? That's, that's the fun part for me. Okay. It's a little bit weird because I've, I guess, you know, the arc of my career in, in entrepreneurship is I've been at the, you know, the, the, less than a million I've been the a million to 10 million I've been 10 to 20 I've been down you know sold off (laughs) and you know I've had I've had seven figure exits and I've had like exits where I've had to pay people you know (laughs) so it's um it's it's messy and the funny thing is you were talking about bootstrap to 250 I'm thinking wow you know we're where we are right now, we're bootstrapping again, even at a million dollars, and, and going back through some of these phases. Yeah, and being like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but, but really, the organizing and executing around a vision is what's really exciting. And mm. I think sometimes we get into this preconceived notion of what it needs to look like. Yes. And it used to be, I think, much more, you know, where it's like, I'm going to hold everything close to the best. Right. And I don't want people to know because they may take my ideas or their secrets and yep. I've really come to learn that ideas are easy. Um, execution mm. is hard. And so well as you said. start to look at that, especially looking at, at relationships as joint ventures and saying, mm. you know, everything is a value exchange. If I just look at say a relationship with you and say, okay, I'm just looking to buy you at wholesale, and I know what you can do, and I'm gonna sell it at retail, and I'm gonna make the margin, and you're getting what you you're getting what you said you wanted, Noah. Yeah. So just be happy, you know, right. Be quiet and be happy. <laughs> well, that might work for an iteration or two, but that's certainly not gonna build a, a long-term relationship with us. Yeah. So being able to look at it and say, you know, I look at it much more catalytic and saying, you know, Noah is fantastic, he's he's awesome. And if we can figure out how to be catalytic and help Noah's Awesome get to that even awesomer level. Uh, That's a that's a technical term Um, awesome. And
0: it helps
1: us in the same way. Then now we're we're talking about um, you know a value in an exponential. And I mentioned before about exponential entrepreneurship. Yes. And I get in trouble sometimes because of my buzzwords and things like that. But just to 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 break it down, you know, empowering is different than just you know guiding or telling people. Empowering is to give somebody else back the power and to support. And so for us, it's not about like you had mentioned before, it's not about telling people what they need to do, but it's empowering them to understand what's most important to them. Yes. And exponential, we talk about like the J-shaped curve and, and those kind of things. Exponential is not just about growth, it's not just about money. Exponential can be whatever is important to you as the yes. Now, it probably will have a component of growth, but right. it could also have a, a component of freedom, of contribution. Right. Exponential has so much more to it than just this. Um, and, and I mean, the, the technical term for, or the technical definition for exponential is an increase with an increasing rate of increase over time. Oh, right. So it's like compound interest is. Yes. Right. And sometimes, you know, we stumble, we stumble, we have to figure things out on the incremental and then incremental over time can lead into exponential hmm. where we, you know, start to try and figure out like, how do we just get to exponential from the get-go without putting in the work at the beginning? Well, that's difficult. Yep. But I think again, looking at like a relationship, like we're forming where you're, you've got your autonomy and we've got our autonomy and we're right. moving together in certain areas and if we figured out our downsides like if this thing totally fails and you know all of our assumptions were wrong all right what's our downside and, and are we okay with that right and at the same time if we look at this mm. and say okay if we can expand this and provide these va- this value to the people that we want to serve what's possible yeah and from there to be able to look at you know we don't have to figure everything out we just have right. to kind of route to that next that next curve, and then we can go go forward from that. Yes. So, and then entrepreneurship is the other part of so empowering exponential entrepreneurship. Not everybody's wired to be an, an entrepreneur. Of Some course. people find themselves to be more um, more traditional. Some people feel like you know I'm not an entrepreneur, but I can be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And that's another word that I, I think is a little bit loaded, where not everybody is that natural born entrepreneur in the archetype of you know when you say the word entrepreneur, who do you think of? And mm-hmm. for some, it might be a Steve Jobs, or it might be a, an Elon Musk or something of course. like that, yep. but it's different. And so if I say, you know, and hey Noah, you know, do you feel like you're an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if so, you know, tell me how you're, what's important to you may be a little bit different than what's important to me, but that doesn't state yes. either of our feelings, Right. It's just kind of a, a definitional piece of understanding of, hey, in this game of business, it has a lot of the same rules. And that's back to the language of accounting, the language Mm -hmm. of finance. How do we understand? And and really, if we want more, how do we give more? How do we deliver more? Uh So if you want to increase, I mean, in kind of in the Jay Abraham way, you know, you can either increase transaction, increase transaction size, increase transaction cycles, the Mm -hmm. velocity. Outside of that, I mean, it's kind of a standard thing. And so we just Mm -hmm. need to say, how do we take what we're doing and serve the people that we want to serve better? Right. And one of the things I love about you is when we first started, the very first thing he says, we need to really hone who are we serving? Because if you try to serve everybody, even though everybody, I think, needs what we have. Right. Right we're not going to do a good service to the people that we know we can serve because we're yeah. going to speak the language that that they really need to hear.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I want to actually touch on that a little bit. I think this is like cool learning for anybody that's like watching this right now. And it's like, it's fun for me to go through this discovery process with you guys of almost like, it's cool to document this. Like, this is what yeah. we're working on. This is what we're doing right now. So the process that I'm taking them through is sort of the discovery of first and foremost, like honing like you just said, who it is that we're serving, like that avatar. Right. And and the whole point of that is really to, again, identify problems, like, you know, solving problems, like a need in the marketplace. But it's really coming down to like, instead of us making assumptions into what they think, what we think that they want, like, let's mm-hmm. really understand what it is and then serve them and just give them what they want, what they're already, you exactly. know, sort of looking for. Like, that's the whole point. So it starts with like the offer, you know, the avatar sort of discovery and offer creation. You guys, I think have a really, really solid offer and we're sort of, you know, experimenting that or at least continuing to kind of peel that away more and more. And then it becomes like, okay, we have sort of idea of who we're going after, what we're offering to these people. Where are they? How are they hanging out? And how can we basically Mm -hmm. attract them to us? So it's that it's a very simple process. Of course, it's not. It's simple, but it's not easy in like actual execution. Right. And we're going through that process right now, which is very fun. It's
1: but, like golf yeah. or losing yeah. weight. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's super simple. You know I mean, what you do, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, know what you need, need to do. the fewest, the fewest number of uh, of hits to get the ball in that hole. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Or you know, less calories and over time. I mean, hundred percent. Right.
0: <laughs> I want to touch on uh, a few more things before. Yeah. Um, so this. Perry has talked about this and you just kind of talked about it, like the, the purgatory level of kind of getting to that seven figure, like the esteemed sort of like mystic mirage yeah. of seven figures, that hundred K a month, right? Like getting to yeah. that level. I remember the first time I was around, this is a side story. I remember the first time I was around my buddy, Danny, when I moved to Vegas in 2020, I was living in a house with a couple of entrepreneurs and my buddy, mm-hmm. Danny was doing a hundred K a month. And I was like, I just, it changed. It really, like that moment really changed everything for me. Because like my concept of time, my concept of leverage, hiring the right service, like all of that stuff. Like I was like, man, this guy is doing in a month what it takes me to do in a year. Like everything changed. I was just like, man, this is so wild. Because 10K a month is like the big number that gets thrown around. And then 100K a month was like, I don't even like that was, it's so hard for me to conceptualize. Like it was, and I was just like, man, I just don't understand how he's doing this and to like see it and point at it and really like feel it, man, this is so wild. But then, you know, you get there and inevitably you run into more issues and more problems. And so Perry talks about like the seven figure desert. And for me, it was really interesting to think about like, the multiple that a business gets at a seven-figure kind of run rate, right? Like right. the one to sort of 5 million, like the multiple that you can get on that compared to what you can get on a $10 million business is exactly. massive. When I, like, that's not probably like, it, it, we don't even have like the word to describe the discrepancy yeah. between how big that possibly is. But like in your experience, like what what's some of the, what are, if if you can pin it down, like mm-hmm. the pitfalls that people experience kind of at that seven-figure run rate, that purgatory that you find yourself in, like where you're like you said, like you're 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 operating at a fast clip. And when you're just getting started, like the information you get works because you don't have really anything going on. But information at that level, the wrong information is probably even more costly than the right information. Cause if you make if you implement True. the wrong thing, you are wiped off the map and all of a sudden like you're in a big world of hurt. So right. what's like you're been what's been like some of your experiences just operating at kind of at that level?
1: Well, the biggest thing that I found, kind of the hard way, and these are just mistakes, these are unforced errors that yeah. you tend to make, is you you tend to over um, rely on on buying things or expenses, and you mm-hmm. don't really keep those in check because when you when you're first starting out and you're bootstrapping and you know you've got a yeah, uh, credit wants. card or something, right. it's like okay, I'm gonna do this. <clears throat> And then once you start to have revenue coming in, it's kind of like the consumer side where they start making you know when you're, which is a bad thing, but like when they start talking, you start hearing uh, car commercials where it doesn't say this is thirty thousand dollars a year. They say it's only twenty seven, you know, two hundred seventy eight dollars a month yeah, for right. so and so months. <laughs> and you start thinking about it from a cash flow perspective, and and that makes sense. But you know when you think about it, and I'm guilty of this, so mm-hmm. I mean I just want to be flat out candid that I'm, I am learning this the hard way as well, but for a dollar of expense, let's say if you're at a 20% margin, you have to make $5 to be able to have that $1. So if you save a dollar, that's $5 you don't have to make. And what happens Mm. when you first kind of get to that run rate of you know, now we're a million dollar business and, you know, we're going, I'm going to hire somebody. I'm going to hire these things. I'm going to do this. Well, you, you add an employee that you really don't need, or you're not quite ready for. Mm. And that becomes essentially a, um, a, a real uh, restriction for what you can do. And it, and it hampers cash flow. And I think I've found this and it's so much easier for me to look at somebody else's business than it is to do it for myself. And right now it's like, Oh my gosh, why do i do this you know so whether it's a subscription or other things and not really question it you just get a momentum of of expenses right and then you start to for a minute you start to think like maybe i'm smart maybe we've made (laughs) it maybe i'm and and not to not to like beat yourself up and you know whip yourself and everything else but to have a little bit of that clarity moment and say okay do i really need this And what's really important, and is this going to help me achieve the things that are most important to achieve? Right. And I'm I'm finding like there are times now where like okay, I should have been able to do this better for myself. Now I have to do it. It's hard, Um, but that's that place where as you get to the seven figures, you feel like okay, when I get there, it's going to be so much better because we're going to have money flowing and you have a velocity of cash flow, which is good, but that can also really easily cover, uh, air or cover some flaws in your thinking, cover some, um, some chinks in your business plan or your business model. Yes. And so it's kind of like the plate spinning. It's all good. Right. Or, or musical chairs until the music stops. <laughs> you realize, oh, oh wow, boy! About that.
0: Yeah. So, oh, that's great. Cause I like that too, because again, it go- it goes back to sort of what you're talking about of like, starting almost like you know the Stephen, the Stephen Covey you know sort of seven habits of highly successful people like yeah. starting with the end in mind like if you exactly. if you have like that what your like target is, then like you know how to build to that a little bit better and like you right. you're not running into like those types of you know those same sort of issues and I guess like the for me being you know still I'm turning 26 in a month, right so like me being very yeah, young absolutely. in my entrepreneur career, Something that I want to tell people that are, you know, either playing at my level or just, you know, hopefully Mm -hmm. this is one of those moments where you hear it and it clicks is like the things that got me to 10K a month are not going to be the things that get me to hundred K a month. They're not going to be the things that get me to a million a month. Like those are different levels and it requires you to have different inputs, different leverage, different skills. You just play the game differently. You have to look at things differently. If I could go back and tell my younger self that same sort of thing, because like, brute force got me to 10K a month of just all out full clip. And now in order for me to like, quote unquote scale. But again, Mm -hmm. I think defining for me now, like a big part of last year was sort of like, well, what is it that I actually want to do? What do I want to spend my time on? Like, how do I, what do I want my life actually to look like? And in pursuing those questions, I found a little bit more harmony and alignment and fulfillment and sort of what I was looking at my business. And it also Mm -hmm. allowed me to point at, what is it that's holding me back? And I knew that right. was like, oh, okay. It's well like sales and marketing, working on products, hiring a team, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, now that I know sort of what's holding me back, I can go to work on fixing sort of like my 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 own issues or my own errors and how I'm thinking about things too. So right. again, very, very important. The last question I want to end with here, how, and again, I'm going to have to have you back on because we didn't even get to talk about like your personal, like philosophy and values. And I'm sure there's like books and reading, like there's so much that I want to talk to you about still. And anybody that's listening, obviously you guys can tell why I vibe with Frank so much. And he's just going to be, I know there's going to be such a fun partnership, but I want to leave you with this question or ask you this question. Like, how do you, not even necessarily in a business sense, but almost like personally to like, how do you define mm-hmm. wealth when you hear the word oh, wealth? Great. How
1: do you define that? Well, that is a great question because that was one of the things that I learned early on. Um, I, I don't know if I have it right behind me, but I have like The Millionaire Next Door and some of the other books. And of course, I'm I'm a big believer in wealth over affluence. I mentioned that earlier because yep. unfortunately, a lot of people get caught up in affluence. How much money do I make? Things like that. And you know what's funny is you can be poor. At a million dollars a year, and I know people have, would have a hard time believing that. But if you do, just think about some of these music uh, people or you know TV stars. You know they could be making a million dollars a year and yep. actually be poor yep. because with that you can get yourself into debt. You can do other things. Yep. But you can also you know you could be making ten thousand dollars a year, and which for m- most people that'd be below p- poverty, and you could actually be wealthy being able to have assets that that produce for you. So the mm-hmm. the key for me about wealth versus affluence and, and looking at wealth is about having assets that can produce and yes. being able to do something once and then that can create additional um, additional cash flow or additional revenue. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a big home run like I'm gonna do this and it's a I just made a million dollars. It could be something where I'm able to um, just buy a little bit of this asset or to be able to save or to be able to have something. And it's about having your lifestyle in a way that Hmm. you don't have to be. I mean, unfortunately, like if you're uh, use the term like for um, um, people who are six figure people or, you know, high six figures that have to have the six figure car and the six figure country club, And a six figure, you know, house, which is actually a seven figure house (laughs) and all of those things, man, it just is so wealth depleting. Yeah. And they're not really important. No, I mean, there, there are some exceptions and I'm not, I don't mean to judge because there may be reasons for that. Right. But for people who just look to say, I want to be able to, um, Take care of my family and i want to be able to do things in a way that the, what i have now is going to be able to produce more and creating that compound interest of success yes versus the compound interest of failure right which is depleting and it's just it's really a mindset there's a 100 percent for a great book called the millionaire next door by thomas stanley and it, it essentially says there are people who you would never ever know they're millionaires because mm-hmm. they don't live lives like that yeah they my may <laughs> Or a waste business, and Something they boring. a truck, right? Secondhand, and it's like they're boring. Yeah, like, I love boring. <laughs> um, yes, because uh, that's great. It doesn't take you know when I have a downfall or a, a, a not downfall, a downturn in the economy. Yep, it's much easier to support a life that's not affluence based. Yes, I think that's one of the things with your systems of wealth. That's one of the things I really loved is being able to help sure. people. Business owners, entrepreneurs, inside entrepreneurs, you know, intrapreneurs. Yep. How do we help people? And the, the number one thing you can do is get rid of debt. Debt is bad, especially personal debt. I mean, Mango. I use debt for for leverage. That's the only place, right. like, where I look at uh, Dave Ramsey, and, and I disagree. Is I believe debt is valuable for business. It's it's a tool for me, hundred percent. So, for most people that I know, yes, but. Personal debt, debt that you're, I'm, I'm going to buy something that I want now, but I don't have money for, right. and I'm going to do it over time through a firm or one of these companies. That's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> um, you know, so the enjoyment won't won't be there once yeah. you're you know, still paying it off. You know, sixty four months after yes. you get done using it. So That's
0: great. I love that. I mean, that's it's it's so aligned with sort of my own sentiment. I think wealth like I've, I've gone back and forth on how I define it for myself, but I love this from Taylor Welch who I I know I've brought him up. Yeah. In the past, like he just, he defines it as like having an abundance or enough of like, whatever it is, the thing that you want that makes you happy. And I think that's so simple. It's like, if you want a lot of time with your family, if you want to have space to go on vacation or go travel, or if you want to go, I want to be able to have like, for me, like my wealth that I like achieved or like felt recently was like, I want to have wednesdays where i don't take phone calls and i can go to a coffee shop and work on a wednesday afternoon like right. that is beautiful to me and mm-hmm. uh, one of the podcasts that i did one of the first ones with rob kepke who is also from the Marshall mm-hmm. world that was his advice too was avoid personal debt and paying down my debt last year gave me like a freedom of like experiencing life of just like peace of mind it gave me control over my great one of my greatest assets right. of just my income source And I think this is a quote from Naval Ravikant that like people that live below their means get to experience a freedom that like most people just don't if you're experiencing it that way. Because it really is like what you said, like the, it's not necessarily about making 10K a month or 100K a month. It's the ratio between like what's coming in and sort of your burn Mm -hmm. almost in a sense. And if you can continue to expand that, because I think wealth truly is something that you accrual slowly over an amount of time. And you get Mm -hmm. to a point where like, Mike, my idea was sort of like, I am the, the end or the output of the wealth equation for me is time. right? like, Mm -hmm. I was able to like, sort of get an idea of what my lifestyle is. And I see, okay, this is the amount that either like I have to have actively invested, that's earning me a yield to earn this amount of money. And like the, it's not necessarily that like, it's so I can get this amount of money. It's like, okay, well then like, I get all my time back. Like, oh, it's this amount of money to buy all my time back, essentially. Like, that's something that I can get behind. That's something I can pursue again. 100%. So, like, again, that comes down to, like, having the target. It gives me alignment. It gives me fulfillment. I can set my my goal. I can look at my road. Like, I don't have to worry about anybody else's scoreboard. It gives me just total peace to go after the life that makes sense to me. So, again, like, and the other way that I've defined it, too, is, like, the inner... Realization almost materialization of like your own abundance of like how you feel internally, so like it because yes. it's peace of mind, it's like, yeah, having you know, like you can't. I, I guess the other thing that I really love about it too is like, I am after stuff that money can't necessarily buy, like, right, a, a quiet mind, a healthy body, you know, like, yes, like space and time, and some of that stuff, like a happy household that you know, yeah. like money plays a role in that, but like real love, like the other thing about it is like. Maybe my car isn't like, you know, a real expensive car, but what's happening inside the car of like, listening to music and having a good time. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter what kind of car I'm driving. So like, I love I, that. I love that type of that. I mean, again, we're not judging anybody because I love watches and I'm going to buy yeah. watches in my life. Cause I know like, that's just something that I like, but again, like, I think it's just defining it only like that specific thing for yourself and then just relentlessly going after it and not feeling like it has to make sense to somebody else or I'm doing it because of somebody else. Like I'm doing it because I want to.
1: And that wealth gives you freedom. It gives you contribution. And I think that's another part of, you know, there, there are people and really it's kind of a litmus test of, you know, people either leave you a little bit higher or a little bit lower, or maybe a lot higher, a lot lower. (laughs) And trying to spend time less with people that leave you lower, but more importantly is making sure that you're the kind of person that's always going to leave people higher. How do we, how do we edify? How do we build up? How do we um, be accretive with other people to help them be better? That, that automatically helps us to be better. But if we're just trying to take, because we need to take and divide instead of multiply um, that, that's to me is that kind of the essence of what empowering exponential entrepreneurship is. Oh, that's great. Is being able to be a multiplier and a force multiplier, not just wow. a, a additional.
0: Yes. Man, that's fantastic. Let's let's leave it there. Let's end it All there. Right. Frank, seriously, I'm, we're going to have to have you back on. There's so much more to, to talk about. And we'll probably have to do an update on what we've been working on and some of our yes, own discoveries and, and our secret <laughs> project and pushing that forward. Um, again, Frank, thank you so, so much for jumping you, on. Dude. This well, was thanks. immensely valuable. Thank you so much. Anybody that's listening, watching, make sure you guys leave us a comment, uh, give it a like, share it, tell some, tell a friend about it, leave us a review. Um, to all my builders out there. I salute you, Frank. Thank you again. And I will see you you guys all in the next episode. All right.